Hey everyone. Um, good good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whichever part of the world you're listening in from. Um, this is Vinayak and uh, this is my podcast, uh, Macha Let's Put One Scene. Um, so you guys might be wondering still after you know so many episodes, what is Macha Let's Put One Scene? So just a background for all the new people joining in out of the loop. Macha Let's Put One Scene is uh, a Bangalore slang that originated when you know like a lot of people would be frustrated with their life on a friday evening after a long day of work and they'd be like hey macha let's put one scene at toit no let's put one scene at abc no and all that but as you all know thanks to recent world events we are no longer putting scenes at least not as commonly as we used to with the lockdowns being lifted but now we are putting scenes virtually so um, today joining me uh, on macha let's put one scene is uh, one of my uh, very good childhood friends and uh, she's also an uh, you know an amateur animal uh, rescuer uh, i'd like to introduce uh, sulakshna karkala uh, sulakshna welcome again and uh, thank you so much for uh, you know agreeing to do this yeah vin thank you so much for you know actually having me on the show <laughs> well, it, it, it's not as much as a show as i would like to think as it's like you know just two friends talking as i was telling you earlier but uh, thank you again for you know thinking of this as a show it's very you know like it's a very amateur setup but thank you nonetheless so um so lakshna like uh, could you like you know walk us through like you know how's life treating you like right now how how are things going on uh, on your end okay so i am actually doing my doctoral studies and uh, i'm in my fi- the final leg of the of the whole thing so mm-hmm. it's a bit hectic but mm-hmm. at the same time i don't know the corona covid kind of uh, i mean the lockdown kind of relaxed me so i'm managing things mm-hmm. somehow <laughs> yeah so you are managing things but like uh, what is the situation like in mangalore in uh, in general like you know how are you seeing a day to day life being affected i know you said that you're personally relaxed but like there are like you know uh, things obviously being disrupted have you seen anything that has affected your line of work or your you know your interests uh, such as animal rescuing and all that right so no honestly speaking the lockdown has been kind of beneficial on the animals okay in a sense wow. in a sense it is quite good because mm-hmm. uh, for one thing there's very little traffic or there was very little traffic so that means there are lesser hit and run cases out right now wow. so, but at the same time uh, we have just kind of uh, you know just come into the monsoons as of now Mm-hmm. and there are a lot of newborn babies and uh, newborn puppies puppies and kittens that are being dumped so mm-hmm. we do come across a lot of abandonment abandonment cases as of right now mm-hmm. but otherwise in general i mean apart from um, you know jobs being affected and the economy and how the prices of everything are running in terms of animal welfare there is a slight positive effect Like, so I mean, I would, you, would you say rather that you know the animals are benefiting because the humans aren't messing up the world as much as they oh, were Oh definitely definitely <laughs> definitely I I I mean in this lockdown we had a lockdown I mean at least I had a lockdown of about a week uh, sorry about a month mm-hmm. other people did experience a slightly longer one uh, I would say that you know I was just watching the birds out here okay and usually we would have about 7 to 10 species now i can find at least about 15 to 20 species that are freely out flitting about and so, this is in a coastal city in india like mangalore where you know there's so many people like the the yes. biodiversity has improved because yes. of the fact that yes. humans are staying 
out of the environment or uh, more so the biodiversity is out and about exploring things usually when we are out there and we mm-hmm. are you know moving around in our vehicles or we are having a lot of uh, you know footfall animals don't really venture out that much because yeah, they are scared right of humans yes they are okay. quite scared of it but then now i can really see a lot of animals like living life in us so that's kind of good so that brings me to another point right like now that life is beginning to go back to normal you know i don't know yeah. how many lockdown numbers we have reached last count i think it was 5.0 or whatever or unlock yeah. 1.0 i don't even know anymore yeah. but um do you see the reverse happening now you know that the, the because you know they say that animals generally take a long time to shift their habits right would yeah. they understand that okay there's human activity increasing now so we can't be as careless as we used to be do you think that's a real danger out there uh yeah that that is quite a danger because see uh, i i believe the street dogs especially uh, have been quite used to i mean roaming around on the streets quite casually quite freely as of now but suddenly there is an onslaught of traffic and yeah. we do come across cases where you know the animals have been run over mm-hmm. and they've lost a limb or they're in the process of you know losing their life so quite recently we had a uh, increase a surge in the number of uh, hit and run cases and you know Denver quite cases. badly so quite badly so we have found many animals that were you know just on the verge of losing their lives oh my so i mean yeah th- there was one puppy which you know i i just visited the shelter about 3 4 days ago and there was this, this one animal care trust right uh, the animal care yes with. which is lo- located at shaktinagar mangalore so mm-hmm. uh, that's the only shelter that we have in mangalore which houses uh, you know street animals so this particular puppy was about 4 to uh, sorry about 5 months old perhaps mm-hmm. and very cute very young playful little fellow okay but when i found him i'm in the shelter he was you know uh, oozing mucus and blood oh because he had just been hit Yeah. So it was a hit and run accident. I mean, see, the least people can do after they hit an animal, you know, would be take it to immediate medical care. But people don't do that. Yes, they just leave it out to die. Yeah, because I was a student at Manipal Institute of Technology for like around four years, and then TAPI Management Institute for another two years after that. And one thing I have noticed, and you will agree with me, is that anyone who has traveled along the NH sixty six highway, right, that goes yes. from yeah. Mangalore to Goa, yeah. is that. Yeah. that road is not just unsafe for animals but also for human beings because people drive so recklessly and yeah. you i i fully agree with you that you know that there's a lot of these things happening so what uh, in your personal experience right what can people do when they're driving to you know besides rescuing animals that they hit what yeah. other things can people be mindful of when they're driving on the highways especially considering you know like that yeah see it's common sense to drive at a reasonable speed Uh, that that rule that, that rule is not just there for the safety of humans it's there for the safety of all people you know it's not just for the pedestrians it's also a rule for the drivers themselves and for the families that the car carries the vehicle carries right but that that's the one rule that can save so many lives that is so true speeding is a very you know social menace at least in in, in coastal karnataka highways and you know i don't know if you're aware of this joke yeah. but um, they say that you know like formula 1 drivers and these motocross super bike drivers when they are reincarnated they are born in 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 mangalore as the bus drivers of mangalore yes <laughs> yes not <laughs> <laughs> just the bus drivers the rickshaw wales are also pretty badass that way i mean no disrespect it's pretty cool but at the same time of course time, of course they are a vital part of yeah. our 
our coastal economy <laughs> you know we are all we all are, are appreciate the this thing but you know that's the thing right because i think we i think you know personally speaking and this is my personal opinion i feel the problem is that it's not just the drivers but the people behind the drivers you know like i spoke to a bus driver once when i was uh, you know when the bus was relatively empty and i asked him why do you guys drive so fast and he's like boss you need to understand that we have we are paid on the basis of the number of trips we complete per day right naturally yeah. Yeah. You, you being a science student you know right like you there's only when time is limited it's yeah. the, the variable that you can improve is the speed <laughs> speed right yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, that's there, but at the same time, you can't do it at the cost of a life, of right? Course. Or a couple of lives. Because on the particular highway that you spoke of, Mangalore to Udupi to Goa, yeah. on any regular day, you wouldn't find less than three road kills. Totally agree. Less, any less than three kills, no. And there are many times when I've just, you know, driven along there, and just in front of me, I've seen cats dying, dogs dying. They've just been hit and run. And now uh, in that Mangalore to Suratkal road, especially there's a lot of cattle that's running, uh, that goes around, roams there freely. So we've had buses which have hit the cattle. And see, dogs and cats are still easier to handle. Okay, I mean, it, it's not the perfect situation, but handling a cow or a buffalo is really difficult. It requires a whole different machinery to lift that cattle up. Transported into a vehicle and then take it back, and even after that, you know the medical care that goes into such large animals—it's mm-hmm. something that the cattle never really recovers from. So, so I'll I'll tell you of this one incident mm-hmm. where we had where uh, one particular cow was hit, okay, and uh, she lost both of her front limbs and only partial, just the four limbs, okay, front limbs, but the uh, portion just up till the elbow was what had to be cut off. Mm-hmm. So from the elbow forward, just that stump of the limb she had, and then we realized that she was actually pregnant. Oh, okay, so her entire pregnancy—I mean, we managed to, you know, get her through it. Her entire pregnancy, a cow is supposed to be upright. She was like this. Her entire pregnancy, just on the front stumps and uh, the hind legs. Mm-hmm. And then finally, what happened? She delivered. She gave birth. The act team was there. The volunteers were there. The staff was there. The veterinarian was there. Everybody was there. She went through the uh, birthing process. Everything was fine. As soon as she gave birth, she gave the cow. Uh, she gave the baby some milk, and then after that, as soon as she saw that the baby was well cared for, she passed away. Oh my God! It's almost. I mean, all of us in animal care trust, we think that you know, it's almost as if she stayed alive only to give birth to that baby. You know, that's the thing, right? They say that a mother's love for her child is the most pure emotion you can find in this world and clearly it transcends no, no the problems of human beings also like you know clearly no mothers are also very you know dedicated and that's a very very sad um, story that you have painted here like you know it's um, it, and when i say it in the sense that you know you really feel for the animal in this case so exactly. so yeah. uh, so lakshana since you mentioned so many things about you know mangalore's animal rescue situation yeah um how do you feel that you know, uh, like the local people of Mangalore, or even beyond Mangalore, anyone who's listening in, um, how can they contribute in meaningful ways? Because I know you mentioned volunteers. I know there's a there's veterinarian and staff. Right. And like, what right. is the what is the typical uh, you know the after accident care of an animal involved? Like, what what would be the ways in which the larger community can help you guys in these matters? Okay, see. Uh, let me just tell you about how uh, we 
our team works okay so our team is made up of people who come from a diversity of backgrounds okay so we have got students we have got uh, elderly people and then we have the young crowd the energetic crowd all of that okay now uh, each one has a different interest some of them can't really help out in direct on site rescues some of them can only help in looking after certain animals like those babies the newborns and all of that that's a separate uh, care that goes into uh, looking after these newborns okay and then there are some who can't really do much but their talents lie in art or they can do publicity pretty well so what what we do is as volunteers we have the rescuers who go on site and we rescue sometimes it can be as simple as just picking up an animal from the site of abandonment taking it to the vet for just medical uh, checkup and then taking it to the shelter okay mm-hmm. then we have the foster parents who usually just end up uh, you know we take in animals we look after the animals even if we do not know how to do it there are people who are there to guide us mm-hmm. okay for example we have a vet if we contact the vet the vet is more than willing to give us a guideline as to what we should be doing how we can help the baby okay so yeah. we have the foster parents and then there are those who help out in publicity a lot so publicity is a very very important part when it comes to an ngo because we get funds only from public okay mm-hmm. we are not supported by any kind of uh, other funds so publicity matters most to us so we have a lot of people who manage our social uh, networking sites who mm-hmm. do ask other people also for, for um, you know funds and then we do ja- conduct uh, fund raises as well yes. we have adoption camps wherein these people do come and uh, we have volunteer drives wherein we ask people to help us out in all of these things okay so it's not just the this is how our ngo works these are the three main verticals that we work with so you yeah, have workers uh, after carers and uh, also outreach uh, people like people who do social media management and fundraising and yes all. publicity and fundraising and all mm-hmm. of that so others you can you you can take part in all of that or you can take part in any just one thing like that so we have a couple of amazing artists okay who have actually painted our shelter so these amazing artists what they do is they just paint on uh, certain reusable recyclable items and all of that and we put that up for sale so whatever money we do generate whether it's in the form of i mean they sell bookmarks they sell paintings they sell yes. a lot of uh, those paperweights and all that so whatever way we're generating some amount of money that goes into funding our shelter so uh, so lakshana let's uh, take a bit of a step back so you are clearly very involved with uh, you know act you seem to be a very yeah. senior volunteer in their uh, setup currently right now five years like now that or no sorry could i call you a senior volunteer or no like uh, do you consider yourself yeah. Yeah? yeah okay yeah yeah i am kind of i mean i'm 5 years old but yeah with act i'm 5 years old right 5 years is enough in the corporate world to be a manager you know that this <laughs> kid yeah. but um, so tell us about your personal journey i know you from like uh, the time when we were students in st aloysius pu college yes. i don't know what happened in between like how did you get into you know uh, from your bsc background into you know like being an active uh, animal rescue volunteer how did that happen okay so uh, believe it or not so far i might have performed at least about 500 600 rescues wow okay might be but uh, believe it or not there was a point wherein i was afraid like really 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 afraid of animals okay Wow. maybe it was just a fear that was brought brought about by my mom or my aunt or his uh, relatives or something like that but i was afraid 
so the earliest memory that i have is uh, me walking with my dad when i was about 5 years old i believe so mm-hmm. i was walking and we had to just cross a small street that's when there was a puppy on the other side of the road and i had to cross over and my dad crossed ahead of me i refused to cross because i was afraid of the puppy so my dad is not a very patient person <laughs> okay. i think most people of our parents generation are not that patient <laughs> <laughs> so then he he did call me across a couple of times and i absolutely refused i was stubborn i said no and then i started crying on the other side of the road so what my dad did he, he just went he uh, you know picked up the puppy he came and he dumped it in my arms okay so it was, it was this, i was crying and i'm holding the puppy and all i know all i remember is i remember the puppy licking me Okay, giving me like kisses, and I was like, you know, okay, I'm I'm crying there, and at the same time I'm laughing, and probably that's when I fell in love with animals. Probably. So like, you are. So, from, so you were like, kind of like, thanks to your father's impatience, you are where you are today, right now, in a sense. Thanks, thanks to my father's exposure therapy. <laughs> exposure therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so, how it went. but how did you get into the uh, the act uh, you know activity domain like how did that happen okay. how did you end up in act and so from from then on uh, i remember that you know one of my earliest rescues was uh, when i was in first standard and i just picked up an earthworm from the side of the street mm-hmm. large earthworm so mm-hmm. it was it was in a place where people have, could have just easily stepped on it and then killed it okay so mm-hmm. so after that i have been getting animals um, you know frequently off the side of the road or things like that and i used to do it at my own expense in my own house not my own expense i mean my parents expense they paid for it <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah our, my parents are very uh, nature oriented so both of That's my parents are, have an affinity towards animals and uh, they love plants especially you know our garden is more like a jungle instead of a garden it's not well kept like that it sounds a lot like my from own then on uh, sorry sorry go ahead go ahead yeah yeah so so right so after that what happened was i kept doing things uh, by myself for quite a long time through my bachelors and everything like that and then finally in probably my first year of masters i attended a adoption camp which was organized by animal care trust Mm-hmm. so that's when uh, they told me that they do have a volunteer program and then i signed up for it that's how i became a volunteer that that's, that's so awesome i just attended because, one of the um, adoption um i i've been you know like following your work over the years in a very you know passive way because you know i kind of like uh yeah. you know like life keeps everyone busy right that's what happens but like um you know you're right. very <laughs> relatable because uh when i was in first pu right um there was a kitten that was uh, trapped in one of the rain water drains of our house and my parents yeah. were not too keen on you know us having pets when we were kids because you know obviously the whole process of the life cycle of a pet affects kids in a psychological way right like you know you yeah. know that but yeah. somehow yeah. i kind of convinced my mom and she relented and now the end result is that my neighbors when they pass by right especially some of my childhood friends with whom i'm in touch with they keep telling me are vinay yeah. there are like five dogs in front of your house every day there's like so many cats roaming around what's happening as your house become a zoo and i tell them well i started the trend looks like my parents have continued it and i think what what you touched upon right is that i think if one person 
gets a bit of a attachment to an animal right it kind of transmits itself like for example like you mentioned that you know like the fact that you were so dedicated towards rescuing animals now your parents are very you know like yeah. accommodating to it and they even encourage you on it so that's yeah. that's a great thing you know that's how i yeah. think um people will you know be more mindful of animal life and all that and um like what have been your most memorable experiences as an animal rescuer like has there been any particular rescue over these 500 to 600 rescues you have done is there any one moment where you felt very fulfilled that you were doing this uh, kind of work yeah there there have been many times you, you see um, see i'm not just an animal rescuer i also do fostering of animals okay, okay. so and at the same time i do sponsor one uh, dog in the shelter so mm-hmm. we have another program called sponsoring of a pet so we have since we have certain permanent residents at our shelter if you are not able to adopt the animal you can pay for the care okay. of the animal mm-hmm. it's on like a monthly basis so every month you'll have to donate about 2000 2500 depending on the animal and uh, that goes into looking after the animal so like that i do sponsor a i do sponsor a dog and uh, when it comes to my most memorable rescues so this was back before i was an animal catrus volunteer okay what happened was i was studying for an examination mm-hmm. my bachelor examination it was the next day in the morning mm-hmm. so the night before i was kind of sick of uh, studying and i just walked up to the balcony and right in front of me a stray cat i do not know whose cat that was uh, so that met with an accident a car came and hit it okay and they drove away whoever was the driver he drove away the next thing i see is this cat worthing in pain on the road okay it's just it's just banging its head on the road multiple times mm-hmm. so i i'm obviously not able to focus anymore i throw the book aside and i go up to the cat uh, this is one of the most gruesome memories that's been forever etched in my mind okay so what happened with this cat was the lower palate was cut you mean the lower the tongue was cut the lip the lip near the entire palate yes the entire palate was cut the whole thing was cut the tongue was cut in half okay the upper palate had a crack through it okay not just that the left eye was completely bloody it was gone so uh everyone around me to, told me that you know the cat's not going to survive through the night let it be on the road the dogs might kill it etc etc they were like that neighbors i mean they they just said it so that i wouldn't have any hope mm-hmm. um people they just told me like don't have hopes that a cat might just die now in another 30 minutes or so so one of my neighbors came and he threw water on the cat to prevent it from fainting all right so after that what i did i just took the cat and i brought it to my house my parents had gone out for dinner with my uh, brothers my siblings so they all came back at that time and we got it home now i didn't know how to look after a cat like that so the only thing that we did immediately was we cleaned the wound okay mm-hmm. and then we gave it some ors so mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't dehydrate and uh, we knew that because of the injuries it will develop some sort of fever some amount of fever and it it was in uh, quite terrible pain so my dad uh, told me to give a painkiller so mm-hmm. we did that we crushed some uh, a tablet put it in water and we gave it to the cat and i had a dog at that point of time okay so we kept the cat out and he is a ve- he was a very peaceful fellow he never bothered with any animal he was always encouraging more than anything so we knew that he would protect the cat So the entire so night the cat was out it wasn't even able to get up it was not followed here like the dog was actually like you know kind of no 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 the, the, 
my my dog uh, he was the most amazing dog that you know anyone could have ever asked for he was very very accommodating towards animals mm-hmm. and since i kept getting animals you know he, he would give them the distance if they wanted to stay away from him he would give them the distance if mm-hmm. they wanted to play he would play so he was like that he was very mindful of their needs like that mm-hmm. so this particular stray cat uh, we thought it would just die in the middle of the night but next day in the morning when we woke up the cat got up okay wow. and it started walking but the way it was walking was more like you know a drunken behavior of sorts so it kept like you know swaying from left to right at a particular point of time it fell over so mm. when it fell over my dog was watching and he went up to the cat and he nudged it up like you know get up he was kind of more encouraging him to get like up the dog was being like a supporter uh-huh. pretty pretty much pretty much so i i think that's one of the memories you know so subsequently what happened was i i took the cat to a couple of vets and all of them told me the same thing they said that the uh, cat is never going to be able to eat it might not survive even if it does survive it's never going to be able to eat any solid food was what the vet said and i consulted four vets because everyone told me the same thing i thought one would tell me something different oh okay. my so and all four of them told me the most humane thing to do right now would be to euthanize the animal mm-hmm. so this is another controversial thing i am totally against euthanasia by the way but mm-hmm. then the situation that the cat was in after they told me i mean they walked me through the process it's mm-hmm. not my cat okay but then i said that i would euthanize it myself wow so we went we went to the hospital and then uh, the the vet filled up uh, the syringe with the injection and all that but i didn't let her inject it instead i injected the cat myself okay wow. because you know, i had that, to that takes a lot of uh, you know mental strength to do that i mean i really commend your mental strength because um, you know your neighbors were being so pessimistic still you took care of it you did whatever you could the vets told you all these things and even then you know for you to make the decision and to execute the decision yourself execute would be a wrong word i mean like to perform the intervention <laughs> rather um no, i really but, but then I, your mental strength i just wanted to you know let you know that like that that's yeah, something thank yeah. you no no i think the the thing that came out at the end was you know you can't just let anyone or anything die alone like that you True. need to i mean at least like in the last stages you know i i feel like nobody should be should die alone so i just wanted to be there for the cat i mean yes. the cat might not know it the cat might not know it but then you know in my mind that's always been there so that's one of the faults of being an empath yeah so which is one of empathy. the things i wanted to pick your brain on because you know i'm sure as a rescuer you do have some situations where you can't you know obviously expect for a successful outcome sorry right? yeah and um how do you deal with the mental stress that comes with seeing these sort of outcomes sorry you know it's it's, it's perfect you know it's perfect you know just right? just give me a minute uh am i river yeah okay okay yeah so Fine. to rephrase my question sulakshana um mm. how do you deal with the stress that comes with seeing an animal not make it like how do you cope with all these things on it on you know i'm pretty sure there are moments when you might feel very you know um, how do i put it across probably dejected. sorry dejected when i feel dejected depressed yes. how, how do you, you how do you deal with it yeah i don't i don't deal with it 
you don't need <laughs> I, I i don't i mean things have been quite bad for, for every positive story that i do post that i do tell people about there have been at least about 5 to 7 failures behind it okay mm-hmm. so like i said especially when it comes to fostering newborn kittens and newborn puppies uh, people usually dump these animals within hours of their birth and and it falls on to the foster parents to look after them if we do not find a substitute parent for it like the mother mother cat or the fa- or uh, mother dog if we, if we can't find a substitute for them then it's on the foster parent and usually they don't survive because the food that we give can never mimic the food that the parent can give right mm-hmm. in terms of immunity and all that mm-hmm. so usually there have been many cases where at least a lot of animals have died in my arms oh my. in my parents arms also they have died and i think we can never really get over that true so, my, my mom keeps mentioning this because you know my mom has this habit of uh, rescuing stray kittens all the time because she has an affinity for cats and even pups also and yeah. every few weeks she calls me up she is very dejected and i don't know what to tell her you know like because she she gets so attached and i can't imagine how you would feel on a you know like recurring basis like this yeah no i'm in uh, i think everything kept piling up last uh, about a year and a half ago my dog passed away of old mm. age so he was about 13 uh, years old so the situation with his case was he had a failing liver because of his age so in his last week he was practically just lying down like a vegetable and i had to feed him ors every 30 minutes and then after another 15 minutes give him medicine so it was like that every hour i had to do that in order to keep him alive mm-hmm. so what happened in that case was um, a couple of days before he passed away mm-hmm. i was riding to by and then i heard faint mews coming from somewhere so i started looking for the source of that mew and then i figured out that there were actually five kittens wrapped up in a plastic bag Whoa. and they were dumped out okay now the thing was they were dumped at the time that there was harsh sunlight that is right in the middle of the day they were dumped out so that they literally had to they were cooking inside the plastic bag okay i'm sorry to make it so gruesome no no, no you have happened. to tell the facts right that, that it is what it is yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so so this is what happened they were cooking and when i found them they were hyperventilating and these kittens were only about 4 days old oh, by the looks of it less than a week old that's it like their so eyes now, have uh, even been opened and i, I mean at, no, oh, God, oh. no no so so we we, go, we got these five kittens back uh, to my place and immediately the first thing i did was i shifted them to a shady region so that they would get the breathing back to normal and newborn kittens they cannot digest lactose so giving them cow's milk was out of the question okay I and i had to get lactose free milk which has only just now been available in indian market so uh, what happened then was i i gave gave the kittens five kittens ors uh, out of which the same day one kitten passed away mm. okay and the remaining four kittens were there four kittens had to be fed every 2 hours mm-hmm. so for me i was like feeding my dog th- every 30 minutes to 45 minutes then making a fresh batch of milk or ors for the kittens and fe- feeding them every hour and a half and at the same time dealing with the emotional trauma that my dog's not going to make it at the same time looking after the abandoned cases yes. so things got quite bad because i was uh, going to work as well so when i would yeah, be in work i would go to work parents had to manage that situation i would try to come back from work early or at least in the afternoon during my lunch break this was what i would be doing so things did get a little tough um, 
finally once my dog died i mean once he passed away uh, everything just bubbled over i, I mean, imagine uh, i'm really sorry to know that like yeah. it must yeah, have been a very bad time yeah yeah it was the kittens did get us through it i mean they did lessen the blow a bit because watching them grow all four survived okay wow that that's, that's like all bit. four of them yeah they, they survived and they went to really good houses also and uh, but, but then as soon as i left everything kind of just bubbled over and i shut down for a year wow i i just decided i wouldn't do anything for a year and maybe like you know just just stop it because at the same time my health was also affected now mm-hmm. being an animal rescuer we do come across in road or who have got uh, hair you know just falling off fur falling off so that did affect me and i ha- i've had uh, i mean allergy issues Mm-hmm. so kept on bubbling over to a point where in every time i would cough or sneeze there would be a little amount of blood coming out okay wow. so i mean i i developed mild bronchitis in a way. oh yeah i'd imagine so, those roads are very dusty you know like especially mangalore highway roads yeah but yeah. Um, so lakshna so how did you eventually bounce back like what what led you to you know bounce back from all these traumatic uh, episodes like you eventually did you so there was this dog called sasha <laughs> yeah so what happened was i i was i thought i was i was probably phasing out because uh, i i think in a sense maybe i was even hit by depression i'm not sure because there was a point wherein i didn't feel anything mm-hmm. this is not something i've actually talked about okay this is the first time i'm talking about it mm-hmm. so there was a point wherein i would look at a dog and not feel anything i would look at an animal and not feel anything it's like the entire purpose of my life kind of just became null Non-existent I I totally voice. sympathize yeah. because I've also you know gone through depressive depressive episodes in my mid twenties. I totally relate yeah. to what you're feeling. Yeah, but please go so, on. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So so no, that's okay. So so then what happened after that was after a year or so, uh, I found this German Shepherd. She was a she was about six months old. Somebody had left her to die. So mm-hmm. she had become uh, about what when I found her she was about seven or eight kgs. that's it a 6 month old german shepherd who should have been weighing about 30 35 kg was 7 kg when i found her wow. and she was riddled with fleas all over ticks and fleas all over her body complete her, you could see her rib cage okay she was that bad mm-hmm. so i was coming home for lunch and that's when i found her and i was on my scooter okay so i just called out to this uh, girl and she comes right up to me she sits on my scooter Okay, it was almost like you know she was waiting for me or something like that. She just sits right on my scooter, and I decide, okay, fine, this is how you want to be. I take her home. Okay, so at that point of time, my parents were in the states. They were visiting my brother, and it was just me uh, out here. So I called a friend over, Viona. Me and Viona for the next week, all we did was we bathe Sasha, and we removed the. Sasha ticks. is the dog's name. Okay. Sasha is the dog's name. We named it Sasha. Nice. So we removed all the ticks, and then we started feeding her. And uh, almost every day, I would give her like half a liter of milk and half a liter of curd with chicken and all of that. Okay. So within a week and a half, she was about thirty kgs. And then we found a good home for her. So she ended up going to a good house. So okay. I think, uh, yeah. So that's where I started recovering. After that, again, I found another German Shepherd. Who <laughs> I don't my my dog was a German Shepherd so maybe I have that link with the connection with GSTs. 
you know what solakshna you know i have heard this quote many times they say that humans don't necessarily rescue animals sometimes the animal rescues the yeah. human you know very true very yeah. true very true yeah i mean um, do you have any words of advice i know like there is a lot of things happening with animal rights everywhere right now you know like there's all these news happening let's not delve into that because we are a bit short on time but um, what advice do you have for people who wish to do something about animal rights like uh, what would you suggest like how can people who are not necessarily as involved in rescuing or even you know contributing to animal uh, causes how how would you suggest that they help out uh, what would you suggest see my main advice in those kinds of situations would be number one don't play the blame game mm-hmm. okay a lot of uh, times what has happened is you know a certain uh, depiction of the situation has been portrayed and people add their own assumptions to it wherever there are gaps people just fill it up with figments of their imagination and suddenly the next thing we see is it's blown out of proportion okay mm-hmm. completely blown out of proportion so uh, then they start blaming people like what about the activists where were the activists what about these people was the organization what about the volunteers what about this guy what about that guy so don't do that because whoever has act- actually actively been doing something positive there we mm-hmm. feel hurt we feel targeted okay mm-hmm. and we are trying our best to you know rectify the situation we are trying our best to figure out what's wrong okay always remember that there are genuine people also on site not just mm-hmm. the uh, ingenuine people okay mm-hmm. uh, then another thing is for people who are watching things from afar the best way to f- uh, bring about change is to at least perform one step mm-hmm. true like it um the animal rescues of mm-hmm. uh the the video yeah. lagged a bit so repeat the last few words that you said like after the one step you mentioned what would be that one step i'm, I'm sorry yeah. yeah so yeah so just just do any step that you can okay mm-hmm. maybe if you if you're financially in a good position go buy some stuff for the shelter okay mm-hmm. or donate it directly to people what i'm doing right now is i'm actually i'm not just a volunteer and all that i'm i have my own small little fundraiser that i have been doing so mm-hmm. i all i've done is just i've asked people who are my direct contacts yes. see if you know they would be willing to you know fund okay so these people just based on first contact basis i've managed to you know ge- generate about 62000 as of now mm-hmm. that is a huge amount okay of course, people yeah, yeah. huge amount that people have given and i'm actually amazed that you know so much uh, of faith people have with me so i mean i'm really thankful it's to that because of but, the good work you're doing solakshna like i mean no, but yeah. blind that's all you can do just just donate some amount of money we will purchase the requirements we'll show you a receipt for it we'll, we'll make sure we'll send you a photograph also whatever we purchase it goes to the shelter okay if not you only go ahead and donate it that's fine that's more than enough okay mm-hmm. do something uh, good if you see an animal that's starving feed it feeding is your right feeding an animal is absolutely your right nobody in the world can tell you nobody in the country can tell you not to feed an animal because it's there in our rules that you can feed okay so the, there are people who might say don't feed it because you know it disrupts the aesthetic value of that uh, location when i was working in an institute in an education institute somebody told me that i still ended up feeding about 15 animals over there mm-hmm. nobody said anything in fact i was i was an educator at that particular institute my students saw me 
my students or me and my friends doing that they ended up feeding a lot more animals in fact right now they are also performing rescues on their own okay so that's it that's all it takes it's just your just your behavior one step okay can influence a lot of other people to do things i have i have students who rescue snakes i have students who rescue dogs cats whatever they they have an affinity towards not just rescue you can also educate people to treat animals better okay yes. you might see somebody throwing a stone at a dog and say that you know the dog just barks at me educate them tell them that you know it's because you're throwing the stone the dog is barking not Ooh. the dog is barking that's sure. why you throw a stone okay so that's it this one small step can lead to a huge change so uh, so lakshana you know um, we have covered so many diverse topics and you know you very well said that you know that you were like uh, every person can do a bit instead of you know just being a distant yeah. observer and um, for anyone who would like to follow your work on animal rescues uh, could you you know just mention any social media handles where you are active on or anything like that yes so uh, my instagram social media handle is uh, positively sue that's my rescuer handle yeah mm-hmm. personal account is lucky sue definitely sue is both yeah positively underscore s u u u it's spelled with the triple sue i'll include it in the description don't worry about it yeah <laughs> yeah sure thank you uh yeah so apart from that you can also follow us on animal care trust mm-hmm. we have both uh, facebook pages as well as instagram uh, sure. pages as well so yeah sure. so that's where we are working on i'll, I'll definitely be sure to include that sulakshana so um you know you, you took me on a journey of emotions as you described your personal experiences <laughs> and i know it it's it takes a lot to you know open up like this and uh, uh, i really thank you for the, the time and you know the opportunity you've given thank me thank you and i for actually giving me an opportunity to talk about this because uh, not a lot of people do voice out how they feel okay i mean i'm i can say that maybe today i have spoken a bit about my experience but i'm sure that even my teammates have also experienced Definitely. the same way because we have got people who are actively in, engaged in a lot of positive that's mangalore for you <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry about that okay <laughs> wait it's still going on so give me a 10 second break here Okay, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Okay. So uh, yeah, so that's Mangalorean youth, by the way, revving up their bikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can say that you know, uh, my teammates have also experienced such an emotional journey in their lives. In fact, there are many people who are currently doing so, and it takes a lot of, like you said, emotional strength to get through this journey. So all we ask is you just support us. support definitely can mean in the form of a simple share support your work yeah. definitely just share our work speak good about us that's it i mean yeah and, and one more thing okay this is one thing that i have to mention mm-hmm. sometimes as rescuers or as fosters we might not be able to respond to every inquiry of yours or there might be some amount of delay apart from that we might not also be able to attend your rescues to on time But True. that's just because we also have jobs. We also have work of, of our course. own life. Of course, of course, this so is should... this is your you know this is the service you are doing to society more than your you know living. We we should all yeah. be mindful of that. True. So so, so please don't uh, you know shout at us. Please don't get aggressive with us because we are trying as much as possible to be uh, to attend to the things on time. Sometimes we do not attend to certain cases if we think that it is not uh, time bound. Okay, mm-hmm. which means that there might be enough time. Uh, for us to attend to it later on 
so we are trying we are also coordinating with our own family of volunteers here to see who can help out okay our staff is also quite uh, overworked they have control so please don't be aggressive with us we try our best so Definitely, definitely. We will, will definitely, you know, respect the fact that you are all human beings trying to do your best. And um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much again, Sulakshana. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you've spoken so very, very well. Uh, thank you uh, so much again.